But it does lead me to my first invitation to you. Uh, so it actually doesn't matter how terrible my sermon is if you leave here having met with the living God. And on the flip side, if I preach the best 20 minutes of wordcraft that the, has ever been heard in the human history, it doesn't matter if you leave here without having met with the living God. So for me, that's, that's comforting and humbling. Um, same thing goes for worship. Um, doesn't matter. Well, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, by the way, my name is David Morgan. I am the uh, <laughs> I'm the worship and creative media pastor here at Granville Chapel. Um, yep. So, <laughs> so I again I invite you right now. We're going to take a moment in silence, and we're going to ask God to speak to us, to meet us, to transform us. Lord God, you who were who is and whoever shall be. You who are here with us now in our midst, would you help us to be sensitive to what you are doing and saying this morning? Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. We ask that you would indeed speak to us, transform us, equip us for your glory and for your kingdom's sake. Come have your way, we pray. Amen. Um, Tiago, I'll, I'll speak a little louder so you can turn the game down a little bit. <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> so uh, we are in our Advent series, Come to Worship. There would be a slide if I had made it, but I didn't make it, so that's okay. Um, last week, Edith preached a fantastic sermon. I wasn't here, but I listened to it afterwards. And if you haven't listened to it, you can go on YouTube and listen to it or find it on your favorite podcast platform. As she mentioned, um, so she preached on Mary's Magnificat. And Mary's song was the first of uh, four nativity songs. And today, as we've heard, uh, we're going to be looking at the third one, the angel's Gloria. The Christmas season, in general, uh, invites us to dwell on the coming of Jesus as a baby, the coming of God into human form, into our human context, to continue the process of the redemption and reconciliation of all things to himself. There are, there are many different themes and things that we can press into during these Advent seasons. Um, as if you look over the last few years, many different, different themes through Advent, looking at the same passages. Uh, we can look at the, the heart of the giver of life, even as we take part in the season of giving. Um, we, there's the invitation to wonder at the miracle of the virgin birth, uh, the words of the angels, 
even as our children partake in the wonder of lights and chocolate and presents. There are the traditional themes of love, hope, peace, and joy. And this season, we are sitting in the theme of worship. In this, we look at the responses of those who first hear of Jesus as he's born. Last week, Mary's response in her song of worship. Uh, the response of those who come with gifts, uh, in joy, on bended knee, etc. And today, uh, as we look at the story of the shepherds in the field at night, uh, we get a special glimpse of the worship in the heavenly realm with the appearance of the, the great company of the heavenly host. So let's take a look at the, that text um, again. So, the shepherds living in the fields nearby, watching their sheep, going about their daily routines, and the, an angel of the Lord appears. And it says, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Um, in my reading of things, I stumbled upon the King James Version, uh, which says, they were sore afraid. I, I like it. Uh, <laughs> They were sore afraid, which just means they were really, really, really afraid. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace on those whom his favor rests. Once the angels are gone, the shepherds, uh, they pack up and they make their way towards Bethlehem to see Jesus. The shepherds experience is, they experience something truly Incredible. Uh, for one, just an angel. Um, uh, but then, second, the appearance of uh, legions of angels worshiping God. Um, the, the term have the heavenly host it refers to the angel armies of heaven. Um, and this, it says, a great company of the host. So, may, so not all of them, but a massive amount of them. Um, and for a moment, these shepherds, they're, they're privy to these angels, their worship. And then they realize that they need to be a part of it, and off they go. So we're going to talk a little bit more about worship in our series, Come to Worship. What does worship mean? What is it? What happens when we worship? Um... Okay. Turn to someone beside you and uh, just share. What, what, do you, what do you think of when you hear the word worship? What, what is worship? Okay, cool.
All right, that, that's good. Um, I hope that you really landed on what worship is. Uh, and in the meantime, it allowed me to go get a glass of water. Thank you. Uh, because I was up far too late last night trying to finish the sermon. And so my throat's a little... Okay. So a quick Google of the word worship uh, gives the definition the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. The English etymology of the word worship is, uh, comes from worth-ship. Uh, it's the act of conveying worth uh, or worthiness on someone. Uh, in the Bible, there's, there's various words that are translated as worship. Uh, some have the connotations more of uh, the act of serving uh, or being servants to a superior. Uh, others are more the, the vague sense, like having reverence or, or fear, the, the awe-filled kind. Uh, but the words used by far, um, I mentioned this last time, uh, are linked with a physical response. Uh, in the Hebrew, it's shacha, and in the Greek, it's proskuneo. Both of these, um, they mean to fall on one's knees uh, with forehead touching the ground, or to fully prostrate oneself, or to bow down, uh, all with that same vibe of paying homage to those who are superior in the presence of royalty, etc. And that physical act of, of bowing, of falling face down before the one who is greater, uh, it's an embodied response to an encounter, well, in this context, to an encounter with the living God. It's an embodied show of fealty, commitment, and surrenderedness to God. When we think of worship, we often think of music, uh, our time of singing on, our, on a Sunday morning. We have our, our worship teams singing worship songs in our worship service. Um, and while music is an incredible gift and a significant part of our experiences of worship and uh, removing distractions and helping us to enter in, worship is a far greater uh, concept than just our singing. As followers of Jesus, we are we're called to live our entire lives as worshipers. That is, uh, that we live our lives giving glory to God in humble surrender to him, to him as king, uh, and living as ambassadors, as his ambassadors in the world, loving, caring, creating, sharing. That rhymed. So what does that have to do with our passage? Well, um, let's talk a little bit about what happens when we worship. So there's a fantastic sermon uh, that I am going to plagiarize a, a little bit. Um, not, not fully plagiarize, just borrow. Uh, and you should look it up. It's by Daryl Johnson. Uh, he preached it a few years ago at uh, the Worship Central Conference here in Vancouver. It's called Something Changed in Heaven. Highly recommended. Um, so I found a, a, a few concepts uh, that how he laid that out, uh, quite impactful in shaping how I've thought about worship in these recent years. So he says, when we worship, 
we participate in a mystery. Two, two key words there, uh, mystery and participate. So first, the mystery. God is a mystery. For all that we know and learn of him uh, through scripture, our experiences, through the world, through creation, uh, the reality is that we, in our finite worldviews, we cannot fully comprehend God, infinite creator of the universe, God. And, and so always as we go through life and our, our faith, we hold together the things that we know or think we know, uh, and having faith in the things that we don't know or can't know. And, and we, we kind of hold those things together as we, as we go forward. And the kingdom of God, that is the, the reality uh, where God is king, uh, we've heard it talked about lots. Uh, the, the now and the not yet, where the kingdom is here and now where now we get to experience some of the, the fullness of life that is in God. We get to see glimpses of life as it ought to be. But we also hold that in tension with this future hope in the kingdom that is not yet, where everything is made right, where the fullness of life in God is experienced in its entirety. The now where we see people extending selfless love, uh, helping restore people, etc. Uh, but also, clearly, it is not yet, as we look around, as we look within the hurt, the loneliness, the disease, etc. So in the, the now part of the kingdom of God, there is a mysterious interplay between heaven and earth. Where heaven is not a far off place just for once, once we die, uh, but it's actually, it's a, it's a reality and dimension that we get to see glimpses of. And that when we worship God, uh, when God as king is our reality, uh, there's something mysterious that happens at that nexus of heaven and earth that changes us, that realigns our hearts to God, and where his kingdom breaks in a little bit more. When we worship, we participate in that mysterious inbreaking. We participate in a mystery. So the other word in General Johnson's quote uh, is that we participate. And this is key because here's another Daryl Johnson quote. Uh, Worship of the living God does not begin with us and it does not end with us. That is, before we entered these doors this morning at 10 o'clock or 7 or 1015, <laughs> uh, God was being worshipped. God, and after we leave, he is still being worshipped. How so? Well, God is being worshipped in the throne room of heaven constantly. Um, we've been given a, a few glimpses in scripture um, that speak to this. 
um, like in Revelation 4, where it describes these living creatures that never stop saying day and night, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Uh, And a similar vision in Isaiah 6. And in today's passage, the shepherds get a look at the veil torn back between heaven and earth, revealing the mighty hosts of heaven singing their praises. Today's sermon title is called In the Company of Heaven. So come to worship in the company of heaven. Because when we worship, we do so in the company of heaven. We participate in something that is far greater than ourselves, far greater than what we are doing here right now, not to diminish what we are doing right here, but in a way that sets this in the context of God's eternal kingdom. The shepherds, they witnessed the the angels' gloria, and in turn, they participated in that ongoing worship by making the decision to go to see the newborn baby and then to spread the news about Jesus. So what does that mean for us? Well, for one, as we come to worship on a Sunday, we do so knowing that we are joining in and participating in something far greater than ourselves. As we come to worship on a Sunday, it doesn't actually matter so much how well the worship team plays or if you know the songs or not or how loud it is because what matters more is whether you came and entered in, whether you postured yourself in surrender to our king and in doing so participated in the great song of worship that has been going on throughout the ages. And that's not just for our time here on Sunday morning. That continues throughout the week. Um, I think we know this, but I'm going to remind you of this. We are called to live our entire lives as worshipers, surrendered to God, as his servants, as his ambassadors in the world, loving each person we encounter through each day. And as we make those worshipful decisions in our day, as we build friendships with our neighbors as we uh, wash the dishes when we're tired, uh, when we take a moment to be still and listen to God's voice. We do all of this knowing that we are, again, joining in with the worship of the ages. Let's pause. Um, I'm just going to ask again, what, what are you hearing in this? What are you hearing from God. encourage you throughout your days take moments like that just to it's really easy to just
be busy and just going and going and going and every little crack is filled. Um, even, uh, well, there's a little too much information, but like I feel like I used to, my times in the bathroom would be, you know, a, a time of silence and but now I just have my phone on me all the time. And so it's like, okay, I'm scrolling through uh, Instagram or whatever. Anyways, throughout your days, I encourage you, take those moments of, of silence. Okay. <laughs> One last note on worship. A few weeks ago, um, that stuff doesn't matter, but okay. Uh, so a few, a few weeks ago, I was um, staying at this guy's house uh, in Pasadena, um, and he had this fantastic quote about worship. He said, worship is bringing all of who we are to who, all of who God is. So the, uh, that is, as we bring ourselves before God, we bring our, our gratitude, our joys, our hopes, and our fears and our anxieties and our doubts and our anger and our sorrow. And we surrender all of that to all of who God is, both the glorious, majestic, righteous, powerful God uh, and the close, compassionate, gracious, loving God. That's one God. Just make that clear. And as we do that, the, the space between heaven and earth gets a little thinner. And the kingdom of God that is now and not yet gets a little, a little bit more now. And maybe one day we'll be able to glimpse, witness, join in with the hosts of heaven singing glory, glory, glory. But even if we don't see it like that, we, we, we are doing that right now. We are joining in with the hosts of heaven, singing glory, glory, glory to God in the highest heaven. We're going to move into communion now. And uh, this is another one of those mysterious things that we do that it functions it uh, as a symbol of of a reminder of what Jesus has done. But it also is this mysterious thing where Jesus is with us in our midst. And as we partake and remember, there again, that, there's that mysterious heaven and earth we're kind of sitting in it. So anyways, Mike's going to lead us in communion and, and then we'll worship. And yeah, amen.